Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 466, and it's my birthday party special. Ladies and gentlemen, please get excited for today, the 3rd of August, is my birthday. And a lot of you who have been around here a while will know that on my birthday, I always release something for you guys. There's been toy collaborations with Riker in the past. There's been all sorts of stuff. But this week's release isn't even this podcast. It's a new podcast. Myself and Stuart Whiffin have got a new podcast called Tell Me About It with Scroobius Pip and Stuart Whiffin. And the, um, the trailer is up now on all podcast platforms. So go and have a listen and hear all about it, hear what the podcast is. Um, I won't ramble on about it too much here, but it's this, we're doing it in series. So series one is recorded. Um, a new episode will be out every Tuesday. And yeah, I'm excited for you all to hear it. But what I'm also excited for you to hear is this birthday party special. I hit up Stu Whiffin and Cunt of Cunt and the Gang. I mean, from his name, I should now give a warning of this two-part episode is closer to drunk casts than to, uh, you know, your regular weekly lessons. So if you're of a sensitive nature, I recommend proceeding with precaution. Me, Stu and Cunt all went in Stu's uh, little bar at the end of his garden. I was driving, so I stayed sober, but those two had a good old drink. And we went through different music charts on my different birthdays. Essentially, Stu and Cunt have got a podcast called Acceptable in the 80s. And we talk about it a bit in the podcast, but one of the features in those episodes are they look at music charts from a certain year and go for any memories, have a chat about them. And I really enjoy it. And I thought that would be a great, a great episode here. It turns out it was a really great episode because it's turned into a two-parter. But um, yeah, I recommend Acceptable in the 80s. And I recommend the new podcast, Tell Me About It. And obviously I recommend this. We're brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. If you're ever umming and erring about going and buying stuff from Speech Development Records or about going over to patreon.com forward slash Pip and supporting or going to twitch.com forward slash Pipio and supporting there, today's my birthday, mates. So... If there's ever a day to show your love and support, it's today. But no pressure, no pressure. Either way, we've got loads of free gifts for you. As I said, this is a two-parter. Part two will be out at midday, um, if you're listening to this before midday. Let's get into the podcast, shall we? This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 466. It's my birthday party with Stu Whiffin and Cunt and the gang. Right, I'm here today for a birthday special. I mean, it's depressing that my birthday special I've bought a mate, and I'm so lonely I made him bring one of his mates <laughs> along, <laughs> along for my birthday party to, to pad things out. But I'm here with Stu Whiffin and, and, and Cunt and the gang. Hello. How are you guys? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. You're, You're good, right, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, this kind of came about because... I'm a fan of your guys' podcast, Acceptable in the 80s, where you reminisce of music. Like, you you, you realise that you both met f- 
40 years ago, was it? More than that now, isn't it? Yeah, when we started it was, yeah. though, wasn't it? It was like the 40-year anniversary of us meeting at Cubs. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's a perfect kind of endless concept for a podcast because every month you meet up and look at what came out that month mm-hmm. like 40 years ago. So yeah. starting in, in 81, was it 81 you started? I, o- October 80, wasn't it? End October of 80, 80. October 80. You then look at what was in the music charts and you talk about all the songs you remember. You talk about what films came out. You list them and then say you don't remember any of them and you've never seen any of them. Yep. And then you go over like news stories. And, oh, and he, and he talks about some that didn't come out that month. Yep, he talks about a few <laughs> that didn't come out that month. Um and yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I thought we it'd be good fun to yeah. go through because you did August nineteen eighty one. So I was like hearing that one, waiting for you to mention the big news of me being born, but you didn't really was you get born around to in much. the eighties. Eighty one, yeah. We're old, aren't we? You are quite old. So fucking old. <laughs> um so yeah, I thought we'd go through a few different years or a, l- a load of different years and look at what came out and if we got any memories and just have a bit of a drink and a laugh and a chatter. So uh, that's what we're going to do. But you've both been on Distraction Pieces before, mm-hmm. but since you were last on Cunt, you've been doing more chart bothering. Yeah. And um, more, as well as politician bo- bothering, some some royal bothering. Some, 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 nonce, some nonce bothering. <laughs> some nonce bothering, exactly. He so just happened to be royal. <laughs> for, for anyone that doesn't know, you did Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt and then followed it up with Boris Johnson's Still a fucking cunt. Yeah. And got in the top five with that, was it? Yeah. Which was madness. It's a Christmas t- uh, utter, top five. Utter fucking madness, yeah. Um, and then you dropped um, Prince Andrew is a, a sweaty nonce, because he is. Um, and there, I, I will highlight now, <laughs> we've not really discussed this, one of my discomforts, I shared it a bit, but one of my discomforts was the word nonce, because there's a lot of questions over its, its history, how it's been used and how it has been used against the gay community in the past and other things like that we don't need to get into all that now pedophiles are fucking horrible yeah (laughs) that's what the song was about um but that just went absolutely mental and we were discussing that about a week before because it was out for the jubilee yeah (laughs) about a, a week before i thought oh it's just not taken off that's a shame and then it went absolutely nuts and on the week of the jubilee it was the biggest selling single yeah. Um, and about a week before, no, no, a few days before, I don't even know you that well, and I got a bit emotional. I think I told Studis. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching Pistol. Oh, I was right, watching yeah. P- P- Pistol, the um, story of uh, of Steve Jones and, and the Sex Pistols, and it had the bit where God Save the Queen rocketed up the charts on the Jubilee, and it's this fucking... Because the Pistols meant everything to me as a kid, and... And anarchy and punk and protest, all of that all meant the world. And watching your song, which is a fucking protest, as weird as it is, a protest song. Yeah. Watching it go mental, I felt proper proud to know you, proud to to, to be in any way associated. So... How was that for you to be going, right, this is a Jubilee thing? It it felt just just like that. You know, it, it was really fucking hard. Really hard work, yeah. you know, as the Boris Johnson ones have been, yeah. because you don't really give the media a lot to work with. Where the band's called the Cunts and it's full of expletives, yeah, it's very hard for people to find a way to cover it. But that also <laughs> gives them a massive excuse to sweep it under the carpet, yeah. And this time especially, it was very, very hard to get it off the ground because we had that initial kind of push 
where, you know, my Patreons and my little fan base kind of go and buy it on the first day. And then it started to place in the Amazon and the iTunes chart. And then it started to dip off after that. But we'd sort of planned to go up and, and do a bit of a stunt, you know, a midweek yes. kind of thing to kind of keep, you know, just to try and preempt that lull and, and keep yeah. the momentum going. And so we took the Prince Andrew masks up and just like there was, you know, a couple of dozen of us met up at Peter Express in Woking and, and, uh, that was Stu's, Stu's idea, by the Brilliant. way. I don't like giving credit very often. But, yeah, so when I met up at Pizza Express in Woking and had a bit of a sing-song outside there and just, like, filmed it on mobile phone. Yeah. And then a dozen of us went up to um, Buckingham Palace and they got all... That the- was the bit that went crazy on TikTok yeah. and all sorts of other stuff, right? That, that was of just we- tourists filming you and... Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 was the, that was the thing is there was, yeah, a dozen of us in Prince Andrew Mars all singing Prince Andrew is a sweaty nonce in really loud voices. And so it didn't take long for a bit of a crowd to gather around and managed <laughs> yeah, to ca- yeah. manage to kind of capture that moment. And yeah. yeah, to put it, I mean, I have no fucking idea how TikTok works. I'm just too fucking old. Yeah. And my, my videos are like, you know, I'd probably put a dozen videos up and they've got like a thousand or a couple of thousand hits each. Hmm. And that one just went whoosh. And like, you know, you, you could just refresh your browser and it had gone up 10,000. It was just fucking flying and yeah. then finished at like 1.4 million. Yeah. You know, and, and that was the thing that kind of got the song, you know, out to more people. For, for all the youngsters out there, beautiful illustration of how old you guys are that you're using TikTok on a browser rather than just in the app. <laughs> <laughs> but you refresh your browser. <laughs> beautiful illustration. <laughs> <laughs> what are people using instead of browsers? Turn the computer on. I've loaded up my TikTok. <laughs> do, do, what do, do I do, do now? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's slow to update. That's probably why it went up 10,000. On Windows XP, it takes 15 minutes to update. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, it went nuts and it's been embraced. Again, I love it because I think there's been loads of the monarchy that's been a disgrace for a fucking their whole in- lifetimes anyway. But this is absolute peak that someone can be investigated for fucking paedophilia and they're paying it off and sweeping it under the carpet it's next level so it's been beautiful to see how the single went but equally beautiful to see within a day of the doors opening at at glastonbury prince andrew is a sweaty nonce sprayed on fences and every festival that's going on this summer everywhere it's impossible to avoid yeah it's impossible to avoid the shaming of the monarchy which is essential because again it was a weird thing how it was a news story for a bit and then it's how the news cycles work now then we all just move on it's like mm. nah, no no not, not ready on. to move let's on. not move on let's keep this in the public's eyes you know because yeah. i think that's what he thought was i'll pay the money and it'll all be gone by the time yeah. of the jubilee but no no well, cutting some slack, he got COVID, didn't he, as well? When oh, he yeah. Was I was right. no, I, I did feel <laughs> a bit bad when, when, yeah. he got, when he got COVID. He yeah. pulled through, though. Did he? Yeah. For yeah. sake, because, like, it must have been, you know, it would have been very brave of him to have turned up at the Jubilee. It's very unfortunate that yeah. he happened to get yeah. COVID on that day. <laughs> Crazy. Imagine two things now. He's he's lucked out on COVID and the heat wave. Both your temperatures rocket. Yeah, he's lucky because yeah. he obviously we can't sweat. Yeah, of course. Yeah, lucky man. But yeah. Anyway, I wanted to get a quick ch- chatting about that because it's been mad, isn't it? It's fucking. It's a yeah. Yeah. It's insane to see. I'm excited to see what's n- next and what. Well, it just it just depends whether that that cunt fucking leaves Downing Street when yeah. he's when he says he's going to. But the fact he's resigned and he's still there. Yeah. Like. 
where someone someone tweeted me and said it's like Harold Shipman being left in caretaker charge of his GP surgery. Yeah. Like, yeah, just, just, just let him keep going for a bit. I've, I, I know I've done wrong. I'll leave in a while. You know I, can, I, mean? I can picture him like know that bit in the office where Brent comes back with a dog, <laughs> just sort of standing there with his dog. <laughs> Exactly what it's like. But, yeah, there's going to be plenty more Tory cunts along the way. Yeah. And I think anything that can remind the public come the next election, because that's been my worry. I didn't want Boris to go because I worry that we live in a society that will forget what a mess he's made and how immoral he's been and that party have been because there'll be a new face at the front. So come the next election, it'll yeah. be easier to to vote for them. And in my mind, if Boris was still in charge come the next election... It would be so hard to vote for that fucking prick. Mm. So, yeah, my my thing is I want anything and everything to remind people constantly that if you think that Boris is some kind of mastermind, yeah. you're a f- fucking idiot. It's that party that have failed this country mm. with br- Brexit, with COVID, with everything else, with the amount of food banks and poverty in this country now. It weren't Boris sitting again. I'm going to make all these decisions. I've figured it all out. He was just the big, ugly face of it all um big old bundle of self-serving cunts anyway we're here to have a party (laughs) (laughs) so so let's just as said i've printed off a load and again it's cracked me up that both of you have had to pass glasses back and forth to try and read these because i've printed them so small but that's the um but 1981, I've always been quite happy that number two in the charts on the day I was born was Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder. I think that was a bit of a tribute. I think he heard us on on my way and came in. Are any, any of the songs in the charts jump out to you? Shaking Stevens at number one, Green Door. Well, we've done this year, haven't we, on the podcast? And I think we pretty much have, I mean, I think for the next two years, I, I think in, in, in 82... We've only recently done that, so we've got some definitely some some things to discuss on there. But I think in eighty one, it's going to say I thought it was, it was going to move on. He'll talk about his, his, his fucking Ukraine trip on any any <laughs> podcast that that, that asks. On this one, he's like, already discussed this, mate. Move on to the next one. <laughs> already covered this, buddy. Go and listen to the episode. Right, nineteen eighty three. <laughs> it was as we was going across Poland that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's let's just talk about because I don't think anyone's going to say anything negative here. But Ghost Town by the Specials is a masterpiece. It's the one that j- 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 jumps out to me as like, oh, I'm glad that was yeah in the charts. Then it's beautiful, isn't it? It's a belter, and it's like, and it's it's a proper game of of two halves, isn't it? Because it's just like, mm, 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 mm. it's so somber, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. and then you've got Terry Hall's moody old head, just like looking like a right old misery. And you've just got Linville and, and Nev in the back seats, just waiting for, do you remember? And they're ready to go, <laughs> hey! aren't they? Because the party starts then. Yeah. Oh, what a record that is. It was I. It was easily my favourite special song until I heard Doesn't Make It All Right. And That's then good. that just stole it from me. Like, I'd, I'd never heard that. That was put on in the back room bit, the, the stock room, when I worked in HMV. And genuinely, it sounds like I'm exaggerating, it's a film. I had it, tw- it tw- twice in that stock room. Once was with this and once was with Gil Scott Heron, Pieces of a Man. Someone had them on and I just stopped what I was doing and stood there until the end of the song, just like, this is so, what is this? Just fl- floored me, but yeah. What a band. I, uh, I See, I'll go do nothing. That's mine. Yep. That's mine. Yeah. 
but I but I, love I, that. I don't take away from what a fucking masterpiece Ghost Town is. It, it, and the fact it, it, it was a chart, yet, didn't it? a chart hit. That's what's, what's beautiful about it as well. Number one. Yeah, because it's a miserable song. Yeah. It's miserable for a good chunk of it, and it's, yeah. But looking on here, we've got Hooked on Classics, which would have been like a kind of a, a Star, montage. Stars on 45 for cunts. And, and that's at number nine as well. And then Back to the 60s is at 10. And I don't know Back to the 60s by tight fit. Is that a montage? Yeah, yeah. But if you know, if you're going to have a montage of the '60s, you want it to be in safe hands, don't you? So tight fit, they're I, the people to do it. I listened back to the episode where I'd mentioned to you that I got offered tight fit on off the yeah, and I was track. and I was and still am outraged that you you consider yourself bigger than tight fit. And <laughs> <laughs> a number one record. Are you over? Do you know who tight fit are? I mean, Not a clue. I, for the next sort of six years, don't worry, we'll get you through this. Yeah, but uh, they they have the number one with. Camp bloke in a vest and a couple of slags. That's the B side. <laughs> Number one. With... The lion sleeps tonight. Yeah, you know, yeah lion tune. Yeah, like, obviously yeah. that was tight fit. Yeah, from Friends. But uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really that young. I'm not really that young. I do they, know lion sleeps. They tonight. never. Um, they never sang it. It was just a model, right? And I got offered them, and I just thought, well. You're looking at me again like you're going to get all angry. But like, I just think, he didn't sing the song. Yeah. Yeah, but he fronted the song. And he hasn't done anything for like... Like, if you're going 40... to get Millie Vanilli on, who do you want? The blokes who sang the song or, or them studio cunts? <laughs> yeah, you want the... You want what, the one, one who was them. there at the front of it and done, like, of done top of the pops. Are they both alive? Or, no, who, they're both dead. Or... No, don't want... Don't spoil his birthday. Who do you want on? In the tragedy. Ross Geller or Marcel the Monkey. Ross sang the song. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go myself. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say was, did you ever sort of speak to Lasac and go, should we do a, like, a mega mix? No, I, I was, I've just eaten some crisps, but I was big into a Jive Bunny pops up at some point. Yeah. And there was a period where I was all over that. I probably pushed stuff like that on Dan for a while and he never uh, went for it. Not Jive Bunny? No, doing like a mega mix, because I used to f- force him to, to let us do a cover every tour. Yeah. So we covered... Cream. We covered Cream by Prince. We covered Push the Button by the Sh- Sugar Babes. Then we covered a special song. I've seen you do another cover. Nightclub. Nightclub. That's what mm-hmm. I saw you do. Nightclub. We used to do that. And that was always, because Dan is a fucking amazing creator and likes to make original mm. stuff. And every time I'd be like, can we do a cover? <laughs> There's a, a song I want to do because I won't get to do this otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but they're all quite cool covers. It's not yeah. like doing Agadoo, is it? Um, he turned down... Um, one of the biggest Springsteen songs ever. Born to Run? Yeah, Born to Run. I, I wanted to cover Born That's to Run. That's ambitious, Pip. <laughs> I wanted to cover Born to Run. I was like, it's the best live song ever. Yeah. So we won't do as good a version, but it'll be a highlight of our set, was my thought. But he was like, no, I ain't doing, I ain't doing Born to Run. It's like, all right, Dan. <laughs> thank, the, thank the heavens for Dan Lussac. Ah, what we covered, a, what, what killjoy. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's an ambitious vocal, Pip. Yeah, but I would have been doing it in my speaky way, wouldn't I? <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'm not going to build it out. I'm going to be going, oh, <laughs> wrap your heart, wrap your legs around this engine. <laughs> I'll talk it out so it wouldn't have been a, a worry. But, yeah. Well, sh- sh- shall we m- move on to 1982? Yes. Because that's one that you've covered recently. We can skim past it as well because you-, you covered it on a very recent episode. But you mainly talked about how, how Come and Eileen is an absolute... Fucking tune. Yeah. And that was number one on my Do you agree with that? 100%. It's, it's another tune. 
I would put that with, you know my love for the Proclaimers. Yeah. With how I dismissed it because it was a wedding DJ song. Yeah. And then years later went, oh, this is really good. And the Proclaimers, 500 Miles is amazing, but the rest of their their catalogue mm. is absolutely astounding. But I would have written it off ages. And Come On Eileen's exactly that. It's like, it's just a wedding song, isn't it? You all have a dance. But it's, yeah, it's astounding. Do you like songs that have a build halfway through? Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's too rare. Well, you get a payoff, don't you? You yeah. get the, like, the drop, and then you get the build, and then like you get the money shot. <laughs> Are you familiar with Freakum Dress by Beyonce? No. It's one of Beyonce's songs, and I couldn't get on board with it for ages because at the start she says to be or not to be, then pauses and goes not, as if she's fucking Wayne Campbell. And it always, <laughs> I just got geeked. I was like, no, don't do that, Beyonce. But I've been one over. It's, it's I thought a- you were going to say to be or not to be. Onsay. That would have been much better. I would have been up for that. But it's a song about putting on your sexy dress to go and and feel good on a night out. But I got won over by it recently because it's got a build about two-thirds of the way through. It does a build early. Then the second time it does a build, it builds, and then it kind of takes a breather and then kicks in. Kick Like, you think, oh, that's as far as it can build. And then it just chills for, like, a few bars and then goes up another level. It's fucking great. I love a build. Would, would, would Nelly the Elephant by the Toy Dolls count as a build? 100%. 100%. I had, I had a little, I can't remember where I got it, but I had a video that was just like a documentary about punk and Nelly the Elephant was on there um, and it was just the build of that. Just, ooh, it's the simplest build. I mean... Fucking, I'll tell you what, that, the, Kaiser, the Kaiser Chiefs built a career off of yeah, exactly that. Yeah, saying, oh, quietly, and then fish that was so literally the early 80s version of fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. 100%. Fuck you, I won't. 100%. <laughs> because it was like, whenever you heard that. It's all excited. Yeah, it? it was like, oh, yeah, fuck it, have it. Give me the chorus. <laughs> I love it. I love that Ray has just put li- lyrics to, oh. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put some lyrics on it. Oh, Spread it out a bit. Brilliant. Is there anything else in, in 82 that's jumping out at you? Well, there's a few things that I'd like to ask you about, and that's, uh, I know you're a shy boy, uh, and so with that in mind, Shy Boy by, by the Nanas is at number seven, and I believe I asked Cunt this as well. I, I, I want to ask about fame. How did you find that initial bit of fame when Thou Shalt dropped, and all of a sudden, because of the way that you look, you're quite recognisable. Yeah. Like, how did you find that? The The first moment I was like, this is fucking all right. Yeah. was that um, me and Dan had played the Camden Crawl. And it was a, du- a double whammy. We'd looked out of the uh, the bar fly. We looked out the window and there was a queue all around the block for our gig. And we were like, fucking hell, this is, this is all right. We did the gig. It was amazing. And then we w- w- went out and Amy Winehouse was playing in the, in the Dublin Castle. We're like, oh, we'll go to that. And we got there, obviously, queue around the corner. So me, Dan... My missus at the time, a few ever mates, all went to walk away. And then the doorman went, Hey, you're a bit of a face, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know. It was like, Come in, he let us in. And I watched Amy Winehouse in the Dublin Castle standing next to Ross from Friends. Fucking hell. <laughs> really? And that, and that was like, and that was, yeah, I, I was still living in my bedroom at my mum's house at that point. So that was real kind of, Fucking hell, what's happening? Like, life's weird all of a sudden. But that was, yeah, that was the first thing of it. And it was just, it was great. But as you know as well, like, 
when I did my little, I got in a van and just toured the country living in my van, I went and played everywhere up north first because I couldn't think of anything more embarrassing than getting up on stage in front of my mates or, or friends or family. That just scared the, sh- the shit out of me. So I had to <laughs> go off and be reasonably successful to feel comfortable being in any way mildly successful in in my local area because I'd just feel like a prat. I'd feel like a show-off. Well, t- and I've never about... been much of a show-off. It's oh, Feeling like, like a it. bit of a prat. Uh, in your hometown, the my favourite story about yourself and fame was re- remind me of it, but I know it involved the bus stop at the end of your drive at the time and the release of the dictator. <laughs> <laughs> that was at the end of my drive, and the dictator was a Sasha Baron film with a big beard, <laughs> and he looked a bit like me. And every now and then, someone would drive past and go. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'd also have, again, it was that awkward thing of living in Essex and also starting to get recognised. So every now and then, everyone out and about, someone would be like, ah, oh, Scroobius Pip. But every now and then in Stamford, like this happened more than once, someone would bib as they're driving past and I'd be like, I'm awkward. So I'd just be like, and they go, bit Laden! I'd be like, <laughs> oh, I'm waving now. I thought that I thought they recognised me and up the brush. And someone came up to me and went, gave like a nod. And I was like, all right. And he went, system of a down. <laughs> no, I'm not. You clearly don't think I'm in System of a Down. You just think I've tried to look like Surge from System of a Down. Like, nah, brilliant. Nah, you're all right, mate. I've had to go lately with if anyone bibs, like where my eyesight's getting worse, I just don't wave anymore. Yeah, because it's worse not waving at someone you know than waving at someone you don't know. Is it? Yeah, yeah. particularly if they're about to call you any list of terrorists. If it's some, yeah. <laughs> If you're someone you know, they're just going to go, you can't, I saw you a bit, but you didn't wave. Yeah. And then you just explain your new ethos. I, I, <laughs> I always get, and I get caught off guard, is when I'm out running. And so I go, eh, 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 eh. And I'll always wave, and they'll go, run, Forrest. And I just think, oh, <laughs> fucking hell, it's just someone laughing at how spindly my legs look when I run. Do you know what, me and, me and my sister used to paint these murals, like, just out, you know, um, they were pretty, pretty shite just outside pubs and, you know, if they had a bit of shuttering around it and some work doing. Love it. So we was there on, on the uh, road to Lakeside painting this fucking mural on these massive bits of fencing. And uh, I had green hair at the time uh, and this van's driven past and just got, uh, 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 I've looked up and gone away. He's gone, spill some paint on your ear. <laughs> <laughs> I told this on 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 Blind Boys podcast recently because he did a live podcast and it was in a venue that last time I was there it was some kind of rave that I'd gone to after another gig or whatever and I was coming out of it and this was 2007 or 2008. Were you still having fun that late? I think I'd been working. I'd been oh, right. gigging and gone somewhere else. But I'm coming out and someone in the queue goes Saddam Hussein and I turned around and went Bin Laden. I think you mean. <laughs> I, I, I corrected him. Because Saddam didn't have a big beard at that point. He was just massaged. Like, Saddam Hussein. I think you mean Bin Laden. Thank you. If we're going to be accurate. Or shall we move on to 1983? See, this this is a big year for me. Yeah. This is uh, the year that I bought my first album. I'd say this chart is probably the one that I'm least familiar with. 83. Don't you worry. We'll hold your hand. (laughs) Uh, Now, that's why I call Music One come out this year. Uh, and it was the first album I owned. Yes. Wherever I Lay My Hat by Paul Young is at number one. That's a cover, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They were all covers. They were, songs, they? weren't they? Common was Come Back was. and Stay? I don't know if that no, one I'd... was. It's a good, that one, though. Yeah. I was yeah. reading Julian Cope's book, and he calls Paul Young a cunt. Does he? But he calls a lot of people a cunt, but then you've said he's a cunt, so maybe it's well, a no one. Well, he called me a cunt. 
he's refreshingly honest. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he really got, he, oh. he, yeah, he really got oh. a measure of you in that couple of email exchange you I was had. Say, like a broken clock, you're right. <laughs> you're right. At least twice a day. Because everyone a cunt, and at some point it's going to land on with him. <laughs> at what point, because it's a fine line between refreshingly honest and a cunt, isn't it? Yeah. Would you say you're refreshingly honest? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I'd say. I'll probably get it just right most of the time. Right. Well, no one gets it right all the time. No. I'd say 99% of the time, I'm refreshingly honest. Okay. Well, are you going to pull up some occasions when I haven't been? No. Well, good. No. This is Pip's birthday podcast. <laughs> People aren't tuning in for that. Yes. Have some respect. <laughs> Double Dutch by Malcolm McLaren. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, do you like yeah. that? Yeah. And so that was, that was a song. What's your overall th- thoughts of McLaren, though? Because he's an odd one, isn't he? Because he kind of injected himself. He helped create punk, but he very much injected himself as a, a key figure when he was just a bit of a, a posh boy. He was a posh boy and egotist. That, yeah. But he was clearly smart. Yeah. And and take nothing away from, you know, Lydon and, and well, probably just Lydon was clearly smart as well. Mm. But I do think... You know, you've seen it with, with, with so many bands and, and people like that. You do need someone that can make an idea happen. And, yeah. And, 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 and I think as much as <clears throat> it's been documented, more so in that recent documentary as well, but when you, you look at where Lydon was at then, yes, he had something to say. You know, yes, he was had so much charisma. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to find a platform for that. And someone needs to find that platform. Someone needs to put you on that pedestal. And I do think... It's easy to really hate on Malcolm McLaren, but I do think he was essential in giving them that initial stage. 100%. But my thought on Malcolm is always that he was really smart, but he wouldn't be really smart around really smart people. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, he's really smart for the areas he was he yeah. was going in. Like if it, it felt like he couldn't have succeeded with your your posh boys and your geniuses where he came from but, but he, he can come over to, here he? and be the clever one and everyone will, will look up to him and he'll be the puppet master and it's like yeah it's but he's bit... got a legacy now hasn't he yeah, you know, he, he will be that guy that you know was i guess responsible for the sex pistols to a degree and you know malcolm mclaren will always be looked upon fondly by a lot of people and mm. his name will be etched in music history and 100 and this track was him again being on point really with what was going on in in america and he picked up on i guess what the the sort of early movements of of electro and and hip-hop he's done buffalo girls and stuff yeah but double dutch he he then found the skipping troupe the ebonettes it was the ebonettes that were were singing and skipping in the video and because he was responsible for bow wow wow as well wasn't he yeah and like what, what what are your thoughts on mclaren I think he's a cunt. <laughs> he's not refreshingly honest. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think Johnny Rotten is refreshingly honest. Uh, Malcolm McLaren is a cunt, but, you know, he clearly had all the fucking ideas and yeah. uh, and there wouldn't have been a Pistols without him, yeah. you know, without a fucking doubt. Yeah, that's, that's not to say that Lydon wouldn't have gone and, and done something else, but yeah. he wouldn't have done that yeah. at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, McLaren yeah. made it all made it all happen and uh, and put it all together and and was that bit of you know that bit of fucking spin yeah. that kind of got them you know all, all the fucking band gigs and you know you read the books and it was really fucking frustrating for them at the time because they wanted to tour and go and play to people. Yeah, but McLaren had wound everything up to such an extent. They were just getting banned and turned up to venues, and the venues weren't letting them play. Yeah. You know, and you know, you sort of read Steve Jones's book and Glenn Matlock's book, and like 
they were just guys that wanted to be in a band. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and like yeah. you think to a certain extent, oh, I don't want to do them, do them a disrespect, but they would have sort of been happy being in a, any band at the time, you know, whether it was the Sex Pistols or not. Yeah. And, and, and I think really that, that we, back three would have been happy in a pub band in yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, really, you know, it wouldn't have happened without Lydon and, uh, and, and McLaren yeah, from, yeah. The, and the chemistry between them and, uh, you know, and obviously like everything that fucking went on with their falling outs and that afterwards yeah. was part of the reason they made it in the first place because of that fucking chemistry and the way, yeah, the, the ideas they had between them. Yeah, yeah, completely. Give it up by Casey and the Sunshine Band. I love that. Yeah, Let's go. Mana, 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 baby, give it up, give it up. It's yeah, a classic. That was one that last year uh, people kept sending us on Twitter because Boris yeah, is a cunt. He's a cunt. Boris is a cunt. Yeah. I love yeah. how many songs got reappropriated just for that. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, isn't it? Yeah, that was that was my mum's favourite song. Give it up, oh. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Early eighties discos. Oh no, that's what I call music one. Oh, it's a belter. But Casey and the, that was his sort of comeback because. I don't know if you know, Casey was like a, 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 the king of disco. So Casey right. was basically pure Studio 54. He'd done yeah, yeah. do a little dance, make a little love, yeah. get down tonight. And he'd done... Um, that's the way I like that's it. That's the way, uh-huh. And he'd done um, I Get Lifted. And like, yeah, he was a proper, proper dude. Mm. And yeah, that was his comeback in the 80s. And what a belter, number one as well. Yeah. Mm. What else is worth a look on this one? What were you saying earlier about, about IOU? Oh, I was talking about how that's an You were excited about like you you played that a little bit before yeah. before Cunt got it. it was like oh. well, Freeze had already had a hit with summer doing the Southern Freeze. Southern Freeze, yeah, by Freeze. So they'd had that hit and then basically had, had discovered Arthur Baker and he's just given them this super pop electronic sound, which yeah. I think New Order would have heard and went out to New York and then it Transform New Order's career, yeah, yeah. working with Arthur Baker and getting that that electro sound that was just starting to blow up. That's yeah. pretty much on the money, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely uh, investigate that track. It's a belter as well. And Cruel Summer by the Nanas. That's a that's a fucking cracking. That's one song. of their best ones. I yeah, reckon. I guarantee I know all of these. Oh, if you've the songs, kid, you, but none it. of them are come. Like I, I, I remember a Banana Rama being <laughs> around. Yeah, around <laughs> me as I was, I was growing up. I remember them being. In, a loved group in my household, but not a clue. Club Tropicana at oh. number two, at number ten, like climbing the climbing. charts. Like I hate Club Tropicana. The song really? or the club? <laughs> I mean, the club's not all that, but but the sort, <laughs> the no, nah, it's, it's something about like where I used to where I used to DJ in the gay clubs. Club Tropicana takes so long to get going. It's yeah. just got a massive fucking mm. like. It gives you all the vibe of the you know the vibe of the kind of you know where they are and. And you're just like fucking hell, and it was a really quiet record as well. Like it, whether it, whether it, they had so it's a much song fucking... that goes with a video so much. Yeah, like I said, all of that vibe bit and all this, it's like you're having a little pool party or whatever. Mm. It's like, all right, no, I don't right. need to hear that in a club. No, you're right. Now, you know, now you say that, you picture them in their speedos, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, that works for me. But <laughs> no, without it, did you have speedos? Yeah, everyone did in the eighties, didn't they? Were they gone by the time you was like a kid? Yeah. I got my first pair recently. <laughs> <laughs> of course I own Speedos now. You know me. I had Thurrock Swimming Club ones. Did you have them? The yeah. purple ones. Yeah. I, I just remember they were really little. I, I, I had a black pair that, you know, like when you when you got your stripes for swimming yeah. the width and stuff, you sewed your stripe yeah. on your trunks. 
I had a pair of them as well. When I look at them Farrakh Swimming Club ones and how tight they were and how small they were. On to, on to 84? <laughs> should, we go, should we go on to 1984? Oh, you got there before Stu did. Um, uh, uh, Frankie, Frankie goes to Hollywood. You a fan? Yeah, massive fan. Great, isn't it? Yeah, two tribes is a Two belter. tribes is an absolute belter. Would you go that over relax? No, no, relax is better. I don't know. Really? Yeah. What about Power of Love? Where do you put that in now? I don't know. I, I don't know whether I've, I've just heard that too much. Well, someone don't like Christmas. Yeah, but is it Christmas? <laughs> it's a Christmas record. Yeah, but it's like the E17 one. Is it Christmas? There's, I'm sure the record sleeve's got the little baby Jesus and Joseph and Mary on it. <laughs> I want the mention of Christmas in a Christmas song. Says, Otherwise, it ain't Christmas. What about sleigh bells? Is that enough? Yeah, yeah. So you put some sleigh bells and mention Christmas. What? Actually, what does make Power Love a Christmas record? No, it, it come out at Christmas or, or no, Christmas someone record. played it at Christmas. No, right. it's not a Christmas record. Like, Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt, ain't a Christmas record, is it? When did it come out? Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the E17 Christmas songs stay. It's Christmas because of the video. Yeah. But also, if you watch the video, it becomes a fucking horrible song because... The beautiful line of "I watch your face while you were sleeping." The way Brian Harvey delivers that, he's looking like he wants to fucking headbutt you, and it's just the most aggressive. Fucking watch your face while you're sleeping. Are you imagine waking up and he's looming tone. over you? Yeah, it changes the tone completely. It's fucking terrifying, but you know, he was an angry little pint-sized man, though, wasn't <laughs> he? Was he? an angry pint-sized man. But Frankie always makes me think of, and this isn't in the list at all. Again, again, loads of this I obviously learnt about years and years later because I was fucking three at this point. But um, it was years later that I learnt how important Small Town Boy was. What a record. Because so much of the gay representation at that point was Frankie, bombastic, confident, like, here, yeah, r- r- relax and all this kind of thing. Whereas Small Town Boy was fucking heartbreaking and it was about a guy being having to run away from his town because of his sexuality and all this kind of thing. And... I'd always liked a load of those songs, but that took that to the next level. Like watching a little documentary thing about it, saying, "No, this was such an important song for the gay scene because obviously everyone, when that gay scene blew up, everyone wanted to be out and proud." But that's like in London, yeah. That's not in like a little town in in Yorkshire or or wherever. It's not as simple as that. You want to be, but it wasn't an option. So having songs like that to kind of of relate to was. I just thought it was a great song. It's a but then hearing song. how important it was. And the video's amazing. And do you think that was your first introduction to, like, homosexuality? What? Small Town Boy? Video, yeah. I don't know. When was, when was is Small Town Boy in there now? Is that... No. I've just brought it up unrelated. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a change, no, but... No, I don't know. I mean... When did it come out? It was, it'd be early 80s, right? Mid-80s? Small Town Boy, 84? No, it, no, it was earlier than that. Was it? Yeah, I, I think so. I would have said 82, 83. Maybe. But I was a toddler, <laughs> so you can't rely on me. I remember seeing that video and seeing his dad, like, give him that, like, tenor and then just sort of turn his back on him. And like and that horrible scene where he's, like, kind of just, he thinks that guy's into him and he's, like, watching him and then, like, the next thing you see is, like, him just, like, running away and they just corner him and, like, the next thing you see, like, the old Bill back at his mum's and he's had an idea and he's proper horrible. I don't I don't think I thought about things that much when I was when I was that age. I just think I was I've all, I, Yeah, I, but I'm a deeper guy than you, aren't I? Oh so <laughs> like, so many levels. 
We haven't even tapped into some of them yet. I'm really that's why I'm looking forward to kind of the next eight years of this fucking podcast. Just getting just peeling back them layers of the raw onion. Yeah. <laughs> I've just noticed Relax is at number three as well. I hadn't even hadn't even spotted that. So they oh, had number one hell. and number three. Um, are you aware of Holding My Shoe by Neil? <laughs> no, I don't think so. So that's Neil. Oh, from, from Young, young Ones. Of course, I'm aware of Holding My Shoe by Neil. Of course. Uh, which was what a top three. I know. Frankie at number one. Neil from the Young Ones at number two, and Frankie at number three. And went Doves Cry at number four. Yeah. Right. That's that's a belter. White Tina lines Turner at, at number five. What's Love Got? That's a hell of a year. That. White lines. I'm a big Cindy Lauper fan, and and Prince and Cindy Lauper. That's like this is the year that excited me because it's they're two artists that I just became obs- obsessed with, and I think they're absolutely amazing. Again, Cindy Lauper is another one that I wrote off as girls just want to have fun, and then she's fucking. I think she's an astounding songwriter, astounding vocals. I always remember on, on one of mine and Dan's tours, he was taking the piss out of me so much because we're touring. We're doing festivals now, we're touring Europe and doing all this. And on one of like, there was some kind of like eight hour drive and I just, I listened to Cindy Lauper's greatest hits on loop, just on my CD player. And my little CD, no, no, it must have been my iPod. Just listen to turn on loops. Oh, so time After Time's a fucking great record. What a it? record. Yeah. Like that, that takes some beating that. Yeah. Man, he's an absolute belter. Oh, I think White Lines is opening a line. Though, opening, that's got to be one of the best opening. What's the opening line? Just, just, uh, just coming in with you with the sad eyes. Don't be discouraged. Nice no, true colours. Sorry, I'm not. I'm I doing time. It's opening line. No, no, it's true colours. Sorry, ignore me. What's the opening line of time after time now? Watching L- lying in my bed. Lying I hear in my, my bed, clock hear. tick and think of you. Yeah. It's not that good an opening line. Fucking shit, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> One of the worst opening lines. Thank God the song picked up. Two Tribes has got a scary opening. That made you think the world was going to end, didn't it? Yeah. Like, it was fucking harrowing. And that was around the time of all the nuclear shit, wasn't it? Of just thinking, oh, my God. Yeah. There, there's something about Two Tribes that you hear it and it sort of does bring all that back. Yeah. It's the closest you get to the hearing the warning, isn't it? Yeah. So happy birthday. Yeah. So, so. I just want to say something about Queen, right? They wrote a song called It's a Hard Life. Yeah. They never had a hard life. They're not. Nah. But in the 80s, they were like, they'd smashed it. They were super famous. What's hard about their life? I mean, AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) So, White Lines. (laughs) That's the introduction to rap, right? Especially in the UK. That's got to be the absolute introduction to hip hop. I'm going to be a knob and go, that was 1984. I'd heard Rocket by Herbie Hancock in 1983. Yeah. And I reckon that was probably my first record that people were breakdancing to. Yeah, introduction to to hip-hop then, but not to rap. No, no, you Rocket was it was Rocket not basically instrumental except for the Rocket. Yeah. So, yeah. Whereas White Lines was... Rocksteady Crew. I bought Rapper's Delight on White Label from Brickhouse. No, you never. Um, Rocksteady Crew come out in '83. Hmm. Like that was on now one, so I think that was that would have been it as well. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's Rapture the first. I don't know where where, where are you standing on Rapture. I when don't, was that? I don't like it when people say that. That's the whitest thing ever when people say <laughs> Rapture was kind of the first rap song. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, or well, going on to '85. 
Oh, magic number one. This is peak Madonna era, she, right? She's at her imperial era, and she's yeah. at the absolute fucking peak of her powers there. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at 85 and 86, and she's got into the groove, and then Papa Don't Preach at number two. Absolute choose. My dad was a huge Madonna fan. You just want to make us feel old. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and look at that, that that 85, that's a decent run of Madonna into the groove. Eurythmics, there must be an angel playing with my heart. Tina Turner, uh, uh, we don't need another hero. Axel F in there. You've gone straight over Sister Sledge. I've gone over Sister Sledge, yeah. I don't. I can't think of Frankie. I don't know Frankie. Frankie. Do you do remember you it? Remember yeah. I, ironic, I couldn't me. remember it. The worst Sister Sledge record ever. I'll talk about going over stuff. Calling the gang at number seven. It's not a good one. No, cherishes that's proper little lipstick and having a little cuddle on the dance floor. Yeah, trying to it's erection section. Trying do you to know stop it? anyone no. finding you got a chubby. Cherish the love. Oh, of course I do. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> I know all of them. I just want Stu to keep singing to me. Every time it's a slowy, I'm like, I don't know. It's true. Go ahead. <laughs> Who was it that taped Frankie over Sid's? Sid wouldn't let us. Wouldn't let us borrow his copy of. Was it? thriller and so we borrowed it and we recorded <laughs> frankie that's the kind of thing you would have done i think i did and uh, we who was re- it did Stu, that? I've, I've i've told just this before but i've not i've not told you can't but that is another thing that makes you guys sound really old that you grew up with someone called sid that's that's not a name anymore lads that's not a name that you, you, you we, don't we get knew, many Sids we anymore. We knew two people called Sid, didn't we? That's our old <laughs> We knew Sid, Big Sid and Little Sid. Oh, fucking hell. No, that's Sid's four. not a name anymore. What's the other Sid? Large. Oh, yeah. <laughs> four Sids. <laughs> oh, and Sid off the British gas advert. <laughs> that was... I can't believe that they got through the quota of Sids in that in that year that you led from. We had like half a dozen Sids, basically. Yeah. It's a good name, Sid. It's yeah. a great name. It's a solid name. Lo- Big Sid and Little Sid. I love Sid. it. My, my dad's mate, who, who we used to st- sit with at football sometimes, a lovely bloke, if we weren't there, or sometimes if we were there, he'd come and sit with us, but if he wasn't sitting with us, I'd go, oh, where's he sitting? Oh, he's with Hissing Sid. <laughs> <laughs> who's Hissing Sid? It's the scariest name ever. Did I don't you know ever how find out why was Hissing Sid? <laughs> I never did. I just accepted it, but obviously. But yeah, Sid, every time you mention a, a Sid on your podcast, I crack up and like, there's no Sids anymore. We, we taped Frankie by Sister Sledge on both sides of his, and he bought that cassette. Who's we? Oh, wow. It's you. <laughs> the Royal We. Axel F. Yeah. Right, when that came out, Beverly Hills Cop. Was it Beverly Hills Cop or Beverly Hills Cop 2? It was the first Beverly Hills Cop, first wasn't one, it? yeah. When that come out, it was proper cool, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I remember going into, like, Tandy and, like, Curry's and whatever, because we'd always, like, playing with synthesizers or, like, little keyboards, wouldn't we? Yeah. I've never been able to play Axel F, and I'd love to have just gone in there. And, no I one, went in there no and played, one can play it. Oh, <laughs> no one's ever worked <laughs> Only it Only thought out. of mine. <laughs> Yeah. But I'd always go in and go, I'd always yeah, play that off like a Yeah. I could play EastEnders as well. Oh, really? But yeah, it's quite I've never easy. been able to play EastEnders. Yeah. And another note on your guys' podcast as a listener. Every every baseline that Stu ever does is exactly the same. Oh, I'm terrible. <laughs> Anytime he does a baseline, the keyboard bits will always get different. Every time you do, it's like it's exactly the same. No matter what song, you'll be like, "Oh, you know it." I was going to ask you, cunt, what's "Living on Video" by Trans X? I don't remember that. 
Oh, it's a big sort of eighties sounding. We used to play that when I when I was doing the um, Romo Club uh, in Soho. That was one of the ones we played. How's it go? It's it's one of them ones that like it ain't that easy to sing like that. I could have I could do. I'm, Are you I'm feeling gonna, sheepish after what he just said no, about my no, bass No, no, I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna give it a go. Living on video. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you know, like it's harder than it looks. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably play. I'd play it next to um, you know Obsession by An Emotion. Yeah, oh, I'd play right. that. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's all right though. It's worth checking out. What are your thoughts? Because on on off the beaten track, I ask people what's the greatest ever intro, mm-hmm. and by a mile, the most picked one is at number eight. Yeah, Money for Nothing by uh, Dire Straits. Oh, we ain't got to hear the old story about you going in the disco shop no, again. Have I'm we? just saying it's it's a long intro, isn't it? Are you a fan of it? Not really. I can't if you're a fan. I love it. I think it's fucking great. I might have picked it. I don't know if I did, but I think it's a great intro. If I'd have been the producer, though, I'd have cut all that and just yeah. come in with... Hang on, that was Satisfaction by the Stones. No, that's... You went really red then. I'm at a point. <laughs> I love it. I are, love you a it. Fa- are you a fan of Money for Nothing? Yeah. It's the only Dire Straits song I'm familiar with. It's one song I always wanted. A lot, when we were doing a lot of the, the mixes at, at, at Lizards, yeah. like, me and Chris would get on Ableton and do these little um, mashups or whatever. That was always one I wanted to do time it with because it felt like it could kick in with a really good rap track or whatever, but I never found anything that... Mm. That worked with it because yeah, I think as an intro, it's fucking. No, yeah, I always wanted to use that riff for something. Yeah, it's yeah. a great it, it, when it drops because you get the whole big. And you don't l- l- like riffs. I don't but like that's riffs. A fucking riff, but it? you get so much wank getting there. Yeah, <laughs> and then when it all just drops, you get. It's like oh, yeah, yeah. he's good. He, isn't he's, it? he's a big old sponge. It's funny shot. though because it is about the intro that song and. Thunderstruck, yeah. I would say I've finished the song at the most 50% of the times I've listened to it. Yeah. More often than not, I'll play it, enjoy the intro, I'll get a bit into the song, they're like, oh, let's go listen to something else now. Because <laughs> yeah. you just, you just want to hear that <laughs> intro and then they kick in and then you're like, all right, we'll, we'll move on now. Don't need the don't need the rest of it. Can I, can I talk about something from 86? You, you, yeah, you go ahead. And 86. I mean, the number one's a disappointment, isn't it? You tell that to a lot of housewives, mate. I will. There, there was a lot of housewives that loved a bit of Lady Mary Bond there, and there was a lot of blokes that ended up going home and having it off after the last dance. It's a bit of a now. housewives Definitely. year. With, yeah. It's a bit of a housewives year with a bit of Lady, a bit of Krista Berg, a bit of yeah. Rod Stewart, and a bit of R- Robert Palmer. You couldn't have Robert Palmer these days, could you? What, singing I didn't mean to turn you on? He I couldn't help it. I didn't mean to turn he, you on. All of his songs were all about, oh, just sexy. Isn't it? He's just a I'm sexy, too sexy. sexy bloke, wasn't I'm I? just a sexy man. I didn't mean it. Yeah. Creepy. I didn't mean to turn you on. That's confidence, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's better than I meant to turn you on, but then I didn't. <laughs> That's our song. <laughs> I meant to turn you on. I tried my best to turn you on. <laughs> But Lady in Red, definitely, that was like New Year's Eve up oh, the gas club. You pissed up aunts having a slow yeah. dance. Uncle's going to get a fucking definitely. smelly fingers. He's no full whack. Really? Up to the almonds when he gets home, definitely. <laughs> lady in Red. He's danced to the Lady in Red. Are you joking? <laughs> He'll be up to his arm halfway through Luther. 
<laughs> you know Van Dross is next, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, definitely. But speaking of intros, Papa Don't Preach has got an intro, hasn't it? Brilliant intro. Fucking lovely intro. It's uh, it, That's probably, probably my favourite, that one. I do really like Open Your Heart, but I fucking love Papa Don't Preach. And I remember the video in the Italians Do It Better, like T-shirt, and it's got a really good story, that video, and obviously she gets... She yeah. gets knocked up and like, and her dad's played by what's his face from um, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. I can't think what his name is. And uh, oh, she just looked like the coolest thing on the planet, I thought, in that video. Mm. I bloody loved Madonna then. Yeah, and it's a belting song. Did your dad ever preach to you about anything? <laughs> because obviously, you know, she talks about how he's told her not to kind of, you know, make mistakes with fellas and things like that. Like, did you ever kind of, did you ever have that conversation? Did your dad ever go like, hey, mate, you know, here's, uh, here's some condoms here if you're going to. I can't think. I don't think so, really. I remember he picked me up the first time I'd got drunk and I was all smiley and that. And when we got home and when my mum was out of the room. No, no, before we went in, in fact, he said, look, either you, you've, you've had a drink or you've pulled. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, get it together before we go in. <laughs> because I was just all giggly and happy. It was like, something's going on. And yeah, but I don't remember. Get round the sideway and wash else. your fingers. <laughs> exactly. Give your mum a kiss and go to bed. <laughs> no, I didn't really. Did I mean, you, you was drunk, right? Obviously. obviously. Oh, yeah, I was drunk. I don't know. It's cool. It's not a chance. <laughs> well, you, you're, you're a man ever like give you any good because your old man was a proper geezer wasn't he yeah i don't remember my old man ever giving me any advice apart from book him <laughs> <laughs> that was the one thing like you know i went and said uh well, come home from school one day and there was this kid that like when me and my sister used to walk home uh, and this kid had said something horrible to my sister and we don't book him <laughs> <laughs> so the next day walking home from school this kid come up, said something or my sister again, and I just smashed him in the face. <laughs> and then we just carried on walking on. Day after that, walking home from school, this kid come up, said something or my sister, I just smashed him in the face. And this went on for like a week. I hit this kid every day. Like every day, I just smashed, smashed him in the face. He'd go home crying. The next day, come back and do the same thing. Right, then about, it must have been like five days later or, or whatever, he said something. I've gone crack to hit him. He's moved out of the way, and then his mum's appeared from behind the post box. <laughs> and then I had to, I had to do the fucking, I had to do it. was a trap. I had to do the walk of shame home with with his mum uh, oh, while, while she while she took me home to my mum to tell her what a big going on. I don't think my mum realised that my dad had sanctioned those acts yeah. of violence. Yeah, <laughs> this had been actively encouraged. <laughs> Hook him. Hook him. <laughs> Hook him. Great, great advice. Such a good advice. Hook him. How about you? How about you? Are you? Did that ever preach? No, no, not not at all. No facts of life chat, anything like that. But I do remember uh, I was probably about 19. <laughs> I did. You saying, Dad, this kid keeps punching me on the way to school. <laughs> your dad said, take your mum along. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, he had taped over me fucking tape with <laughs> Frankie. I do remember, like, my mum made my dad, like, I must have been about 1920, and it was when I lived at Lander, and I remember, like, uh, Anna was staying over. And I was like, can Anna stay over? And this was in, in 1920, did you say? <laughs> this would have been, what, 19... He gave you some prophylactics. <laughs> but I do remember, like, 
me mum nudging him, and it was so horrible. And he was like, um, she can stay over, but um, you, I don't want you uh, having it off. <laughs> He's having it off? And I was That's like... pretty modern. It weren't modern. It was fucking horrible. Having it off? Well, he weren't going to say entering her, was he? Doing, he, was... doing the holding out? What the that... <laughs> I know you just think, oh, that's horrible. And like, and I was just like, oh, oh, shut up. And like, I mean, yeah, but we were always like, oh, I can't wait to have it off. Yeah, you know, I know. But like, you know what your dad telling nah. you not to do it in front of your mum? No, it's better than him saying, do it in front of your mum, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose so. Don't forget to have it off. <laughs> have it off in front of your mum. <laughs> oh, dear. Not when you're up in your room all night. <laughs> Should we go on, on to 87? You found that one? <laughs> Do you know what? Stop being a cunt. It's just a good time song. I know it is. You're I... trying to spoil people's fun. I'm not. I really like that. No, you don't. It's just you were about to cunt it off. No, I really weren't. I like that song a lot. I don't really like Who's That Girl by Madonna that much. I think that's a bit of an average one. Who's that girl? It's my favourite <laughs> Who's That Girl. What one's you got? Who's that girl? Na, 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 yeah, I was going to say, na, na, Eve, that, that's my favourite, Who's That Girl? Yeah, by Eve. And then you've got... Have you heard Who's That Girl lately? No. It's brilliant. Is it? Yeah. Has it got... If you ain't heard it for ages, you'll hear it and you'll go, oh, do you know what? It's the 80s. I've it's got fucking bloody brilliant. Eurythmics stuck in my head now. <laughs> who's that girl? <laughs> I was, honestly, I was quiet on this because that was the only Who's That Girl I could think of. When you were talking about having it off, I was thinking of Who's That Girl and then I thought of Eve, Who's That Girl? Who's That Girl? Ba, ba, da, da. Who's that? Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I don't yeah, and the verses as well. Because that was for the film. Yeah. Who's yeah. that girl? Wasn't it? Madonna. Was that Madonna's? No, second film. Wasn't it? Desperately seeking Susan. Oh. Yeah. Then uh... <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were doing the Tele Addicts theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't know laughs> if, if it's a theme tune of me, it's blankety blank all day long. <laughs> it's a good blankety blank tune. But well, yeah, that's my entire fucking songwriting career. You could trace it like, you know, that's six degrees of separation. It all goes back to blankety blank. Bang as a mash, wank the dog. The <laughs> <laughs> Bamba was. was, was, was... <laughs> what, has anyone chosen that for best intro? <laughs> it is, though. You've got to do it loud, because otherwise it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it was the it was the, the <laughs> people should do that in arguments. I'd like to see Nadine Dorries do that when Keir, Keir Starmer's trying to speak. <laughs> I'd love to watch our prime minister's questions. Oh, what a fucking brilliant argument! <laughs> Sorry, we're on question time. Imagine that on question time. Anytime someone tries to answer. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, I was just going to mention Mambo Number Five. It's not even—it doesn't count. Mambo <laughs> Number Five was the weak, the weak copy of La Bamba years later. Clearly, well, well this was obviously it's the old Richie Valens Valens song, Richie Valens song. Sorry, and got remade by Los Lobos in '87. Imagine a band called Los Lobons. <laughs> Los Lobos. <laughs> you can get well, that's stuff. the sexiest band ever, isn't it? You can get stuff for that now, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I've got a little diary of, of lost lobos. <laughs> it's getting quite frequent. <laughs> um, but whatever happened?
happened? What has happened to Lou Diamond Phillips? Because he was a, was a, he in Los Lobos? He was no, he was in um, La Bamba, the film, wasn't he? Ah. He played mm. Richie uh, Valens. Mm. Obviously, he him off the back of Young Guns was a superstar. Yeah, and then obviously Estevez and Sutherland and the rest of them kind of went on to to super things. Diamond Phillips, no, no, Diamonte Phillips, no. Like, it's not quite there, is he? He's gone. He's dropped off. He was a sexy guy as well, he wasn't was a he? Sexy Very guy. sexy guy. <sighs> Pet Shop Boys. They're fucking great, aren't they? Yeah. I was um I was watching Kendrick Lamar on Glastonbury on yeah. the on on the on the red button and f- flicking b- between Kendrick and Pet Shop Boys and it felt like the most inappropriate mix because they're they're worlds apart, but they're fucking good, aren't they? You went to the little Glastonbury warm-up, didn't you? Yeah, I went to the little Glast- Glastonbury warm-up in um, uh, in the electric ballroom in Camden. Oh, and wow. They'd done the Glastonbury That'd be set. amazing. Oh, do you know what? It was so fucking good. And, and you know, I've listened to a lot of Pet Shop Boys, but still, it's a surprise how many fucking great songs they got. You know, and from, yeah. from their imperial period, like around around now, it's a scene, heart. What have I done to deserve this yeah. rent? You know, like they're big fucking songs, West End Girls. This this is another one that was proper soundtrack of my, my growing up. I guess I'm around six at this point, so you're starting to be more conscious of this, but Pet Shop Boys and Erasure were just, my dad and my uncle just fucking adored them. And it was, yeah, absolutely. I, I hated it all at the time. I thought it was all shit. Then years later, it's like, this is perfect pop. And yeah, can't get enough. They were probably two of our most listen to bands really weren't they yeah we've been huge fans of both of them for fucking years like a bit of synth pop didn't we in the mid to late 80s to to, to now ruin any of my parents credibility the first record i remember finding on vinyl in my mum and dad's vinyl collection was under the boardwalk bruce willis at number six we had a mate (laughs) we had a mate called dennis that his favourite recording artist was Bruce Willis, wasn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, and that's 100% true, wasn't it? He started smoking because Bruce Willis smoked, didn't he? And he used to smoke the way that Bruce Willis smoked. Love He'd it. hold his fag in the side of his mouth. But do you know, reading Julian Cope's book, he sounds like Dennis. Like, he'd, he'd see something that someone done and thought, that's cool, and he'd start doing it himself. Like it. He's proper cool, isn't he, Bruce? Yeah. Yeah, really fucking cool. M- maintained it as well. Coolest film, Die Hard, 100%. Got to be, in it? It's about as cool as it gets, isn't it? Yeah. He was fucking cool in Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, cool Pulp, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction, yeah. She's fucking cool, isn't he? What else we got this year? We've got the Beastie Boys in at number 10. Oh. It's a little treat. So, can you remember, like, how exciting the Beasties were then at that point? Yeah, I, like, I, I remember just, like, being over the techie field where we'd just go and play football and just muck around and yeah. take our shoes off and make a boxing ring and hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bad idea, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, awful idea. It's never going to end well, is it? And, um, you, you know, like the idea that someone had said, Paul no mag in a song. Yeah. But fucking hell. Yeah. And, like, all of a sudden, like, because what was weird was you, you, people would always talk about the VW signs, mm-hmm. like, and robbing them and the bomber jackets. But can you remember, like, I robbed one. From the road outside of your road. Oh, really? When after, after Palmer's well, at one round. point. No, no, not tonight. <laughs> yeah. No, I went past. It was a fucking VW van. So oh, it was a big, proper plastic big one, one that popped out. So it was like this thick. And I wore it to a couple of Beastie Boys gigs. And it was, yeah, right up the road here. <laughs> I never had a. I, I had only had a Skoda one. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. That's didn't way come with better. the same kudos. That's way better. But can you remember at that point people have, have beer mats on the back of their bomber jackets as well? Yeah, like that was really weird. You're like a beer towel. 
Right. Like, across your back. I remember it being the same time as that Beastie Boys thing, but in retrospect, uh, sorry, since then I've, like, seen that a lot of it was to do with that kind of, that sort of second wave of scootering. Like, a lot of the scooter boys would wear bomber jackets with them, like, beer mats on the back. Yeah. It's a weird thing, but I remember, like, sort of saying to me, that I'll nick us a beer mat from, like, a social (laughs) club because I want it on the back of me bomber jacket. Yeah, but now now you say that, I'm picturing one of them green mod jackets with a beer beer towels on the back. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. It is weird. I've got hundreds of them fucking beer towels that my dad used. To, my dad used to nick me one every time we went up the pub, and he was up the pub every night. You got rid of them? Nah. Oh, in the loft. <laughs> uh, the shed actually. I got them all down. Oh, all right. Yeah, in a cupboard. Whoa, 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 whoa! That's quite enough fun for you all for the moment. We're going to pause now, and part one's over. But we'll be back with part two. It'll be out at midday. Chances are, by the time you're listening to this, it's already out. But what I'll ask you either way is if in between, as I mentioned earlier, if you could go and listen to Tell Me About It, the the little trailer, hear all, all that that is about. Tell Me About It with Stuart Whiffin, with Scroobius Pip and Stuart Whiffin. Go and give it a listen. It's only two minutes long, um, but it'll be good to get us a load of subscription or not subscriptions people yeah is subscribing it's free though it'd be great to get people subscribing and listening and getting on board because it's a brand new podcast and it launches the first episode on tuesday and i want you all to hear all about it so go and check tell me about it with scroobius pip and stewart we're riffing out now and i'll see you in part two ta-ta